Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. As much as we have great reverence and fear toward our God, there is also a great love. And the love that we have for him is not because we love him first, but he loved us first. The Word of God clearly says in 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. You see, as sinners, we are going astray, or we are gone astray. And as sinners, we didn't care what God thought of us, and as sinners, we didn't even take notice of his existence. But the great news is that God is the one, God is the one who took the initiative. And his love was not just a feeling or just words, but it was an action. What kind of action was it? Well, it was an act of sacrifice. An act of sacrifice. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, who died for us? Christ died for us. In John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Galatians 2, 20, And now... I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Jesus Christ's sacrifice was the act of his love. His sacrifice proves his great love. I heard a story in the 4th century of A.D. in Asia, a man had two sons. The elder rose to become a chief justice in the land, and the younger became an infamous bandit. The elder brother loved his younger brother, but was unable to persuade him to change his way, and nor did the younger brother believe that his older brother actually loved him. Eventually, the younger son was caught and brought before his brother the chief justice of the land, and everyone in the courtroom thought that the younger brother would get off easily because it was well known that the chief justice loved his brother. But at the end of the trial, the chief justice sentenced his brother to death, and everybody was in shock. On the day of the execution, the elder brother came to the prison and said to his brother, let's switch places. The younger brother agreed, thinking that once they realized that he was the older brother, the execution would not go forward. On he went up on the hill to watch the proceedings. His brother was brought out at dawn, and to his horror, his older brother was executed. Filled with remorse and guilt, he ran down the hill and told the guard his name, and that he was a criminal who should be executed. And he said, kill me now, kill me now. The guards replied to him these words, there is no sentence outstanding on anyone with that name. His name had been cleared. Why? Because of the older brother. And the younger brother knew at that moment that his older brother actually did love him. Why? Because he gave his life. He gave his life. You see, Jesus Christ loves us. How do we know that? He gave his life. He gave his life not for himself, but for you. The sins that you couldn't take care of, the sins that you have committed, the lies that you have told, the things that you have stolen, and the heart of covetousness that you have been harboring in your heart, 
All those sins that you can name, Jesus Christ bore it on that cross, and he died for you, and he proved his love for you. Then in Christ's saying, John 15, verse 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus says, ye are my friends. And I'm willing to lay down my life. And the only way for God to prove his love was through sacrifice, you see. And thank God this morning, and we don't have to wonder if God does love us. We know that he loves us today. How? By observing the cross where he died, where he suffered, where he thought of you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have two great news concerning God's love today. And we know that he loves us, but there are the two reasons. And number one, we are privileged to receive his love. His love is always available. And he is always willing to give his love toward us. Now, if you have never trusted Christ as your personal Savior, and and the Bible is just a book for you, and that Jesus Christ was just a man, I want to let you know his love is still available for you. He reaches out to you, and he wants to save you from your sin, and he wants to save you from the lake of fire. His love is always available. Second, we are able to love others with his love. With that same love that God has toward us, we could take that same love and to transfer it, transfer it to another. Our Savior said in John 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Jesus didn't say, hey, just love one another. No, he says, the love that I have given you, the love that I have displayed, the sacrificial love. I want you to take that same love and you, you need to love your husband. You need to love your wife. You need to love your children. You need to love the church members at Bible Baptist. You need to love your neighbor. You need to love your coworker. You need to love your employer. You need to love your employees. God says, I want you to love others with the same love that I have given you. What a great privilege that is. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Think about that. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. We know God because we know his love. And knowing his love, not our love, his love, his sacrificial love, means we know him because God is love. So if we're not loving like we're supposed to love, how like God loves, That means we don't know God. That's what the Bible is saying there. Because God equals love and love equals God. So one of the evidence of his spirit living within us, if you're a born again believer, is the evidence of his love flowing through our lives. And someone has said it very well. God is a source of love. God the Father is a source of love. And Christ is a proof of of love. And the Holy Spirit bears the expression of His love. You see, the world cannot see the love of God except through His vessel, His children. And the best way for us Christians to let the world know that we have God in our lives is through loving each other. Jesus Christ said, they shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
They need to know the love of God. And it all starts within this church. If we're not able to love each other, how could we ever love the world? And love them and love the lost and, and try to let them know about Jesus Christ. You see, the love of God is an action. It's not just words or feelings. It has to be an act of sacrifice. It might be uncomfortable for you sometimes. It might be an easy thing. It's not an easy thing for you to do, but that's what love takes. That's what his love is all about. It is a sacrificial love. A sacrificial love. And we need God's love in our lives. And we need to practice God's love in our lives. And in order to know God, hey, that means we know, we know his love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also had loved us. And walk in love as Christ also had loved us. And given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling a sweet savor. You see, the cross lets us know what God's love was all about and what it's all about even today. And we need to walk in love as Christ walked in love, that sacrificial love. How is a sacrificial love expressed? Well, I'd like to share with you three expressions of God's sacrificial love through our lives. And it's not in our text in Galatians chapter 5 as we read it, but fruit of the Spirit is love. But I'd like to share some other scriptures in the New Testament where it gives you a description of God's sacrificial love. Number one, love believes. Love believes. Go to your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And if you don't have your Bible, it's in the next slide. But it says in verse 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's read this together if you can. Ready? Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. Question for us this morning. Now, that's a description of charity, God's love. Do we believe that people can change? Do we believe that your husband can change? Do you believe that your wife can change? Do you believe that your children can change? Do you believe that God changes people? The Bible says, charity, love, believes all things and hopes all things. And no matter what hurt, no matter what happened in the past, no matter how people have disappointed you, you believe, you believe that you could love them despite of the past and you believe that God could change them. Carl Katrasai served with and was an instrumental in a strict branch of the restoration movement However, the Lord made a lot of changes in his life. In his latter years, he moved to St. Louis and ministered among the down and out. At this time, Kutcherside began to work with a group of teenagers he described as a crew of ripped-off, long-haired kids. With a history of drug addiction, he loved them, listened to them, and one by one led them to Christ. An influent member of the church asked, How are you making out with the hippies, those long-haired, sad-looking specimens you have been meeting with? Carl responded, Those are not specimens. They are children of God. You are talking about my brethren in the Lord. And condescendingly, the other man continued. They looked to me like something the cat dragged in. The crowd replied, they looked to me like someone the shepherd brought in. With this story, if we could truly see people how God sees people. See, with our own little finite perspective, we cannot 
see beyond their mistakes and they cannot see beyond their shortcomings and maybe their offense that they have taken towards you. But with the love of God, I believe it could truly cover all sins and you could love that person again. Do you believe that this morning? Yes, it might have hurt you. Yes, it might have maybe ridiculed you. Yes, it might have, in every way, uh, have disappointed you. But do you believe that you could love again? Do you believe that God could even change them? You see, the love of Christ believes. In many occasions, we stop loving and give up loving others because the other party have nothing to offer. Ladies and gentlemen, we have nothing to offer to the Lord Jesus Christ. We were poor, the Bible says. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, though ye through his poverty might be rich. You see, I had nothing to offer to the Lord Jesus Christ when I was 19 years old, sitting there in apartment 109. I had nothing to offer to the Lord Jesus Christ. I needed him. Christ didn't need me. He didn't need me. I beg this for, for his forgiveness, and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, and, and he was, he's able to cleanse all my past and present and future sins away if I just place my faith in him, and thank God he gloriously saved me. I'm sure many of you could share that same testimony today, but let's reflect back to the day of salvation. Hey, there was nothing in our hands. There was nothing that we could bring and add to salvation. Jesus Christ was the one who paid it all. Nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. You see, Jesus gave it all to us. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. It's not I owe, and then I try to pay it all. No, Jesus paid it all. Now we owe him. We owe our lives to him. We serve him. We had nothing to offer, to be honest. We were a disappointment, but thank God he made an appointment with us so that we may be rich through him. Now, if you truly believe that, God can love us and, and, they, and, and that we can love him, and, and that is the equation that, that we see from the scripture, then why can we believe that we can love others despite of who they were and what they did and what they cannot offer. If we believe that the vertical relationship with God works biblically, why can't we do that horizontally? Why can't we do that horizontally? You believe that God loves you. You believe that you love him. You believe that there is nothing to offer to God Almighty, but he still loves you. And that love is within your lives because the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit wants to bear that fruit. And you're constraining him and you're fighting against him because of hatred, bitterness, because of maybe past faults that these people have done against you. But Jesus Christ wants to reach, reach out to that person and he wants to use you as a vessel. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You see, the true love of God believes. Believes that you could love again. Believes that God could change them too. So with that, not only the love believes, but love continues. 1 Corinthians 13a. Let's read this together. I think it's the next slide. 
Let's say it together. Ready? Charity never faileth. Charity never faileth. John 13, 1, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. God tells Israel in Jeremiah 31, verse 3, The Lord had appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Isn't the love of Jesus wonderful this morning? I mean, his love continues. His love never stops. His love never grows old. His love endures. His, his love ever abides. And even when we sin at time to time, He still loves us. Even when we disappoint Him, yes, He still loves us. Even when we go astray uh, to the world in temptation, He still loves us. Even when we are ashamed to mention His name and witness sing, yes, He still loves us. Even when we don't pray and read His Word, yes, He still loves us. His love continues everlasting. It never fails. Could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were the stock of earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God would drain the ocean dry. Could the scroll contain the whole that stretched from sky to sky? O love of God, how rich and pure. How measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure the saints in anguish lie. Do you believe in the love of God who loves you despite of who you are and what you were? Do you believe that he still loves you even though you have a lot of shortcomings? Do you still believe, do you still believe that his love is everlasting? If you believe that, let's, do that. Let's, let's have that same action that Christ has given toward us. And let's give it to others, too. Let's continue loving others. The love of Christ is everlasting. As an, an, an aged Christian lay dying, a friend called to say farewell. Let me tell you how the love of Christ endures by this Christian's testimony. He said, I have just had three other visitors, said the dying man to his friend. And with two of them I parted, but the third I shall keep, me, keep with me forever. Who are they, the friend inquired. He replied, the first was faith. I said, goodbye, faith. I thank God for your company ever since I first trusted Christ. But now I'm going where faith will end in sight. Then came hope. Farewell, hope, I cried. You have helped me in my many an hour of battle and distress. But now I shall not need you, for I am going where hope passes into perdition. Last of all came love. Love, said I, you have indeed been my friend. You have linked me with God and with my fellow men. You have comforted and gladdened all my pilgrimage. But I cannot leave you behind. You must come with me through the gates into the city of God. For love is perfected in heaven. You see, ladies and gentlemen, one day our faith will end in sight. And our hope will become a reality. But that love. God has for us today, the Holy Spirit of God gives us today, that same love will continue into everlasting life. And that love will ever be more perfected, ever be more perfected. You know, many of us have mis misunderstanding. How many say, I have misunderstanding when I have relationship, raise your hand. All right? All of us, I think. Okay? We have misunderstandings all the time. And, uh, you know, I misunderstand my wife, and she misunderstands me. And uh, I misunderstand my children, and children misunderstand me. 
Now, despite of all that and many offenses or many uh, hurts have been maybe shared in your life too and, and many things might occur that disappointed you, but you decide to love, you believe that love works and you start loving again, you start loving that person. Now, you're having faith in that love. That's why Apostle Paul says we look through a glass darkly. But then face to face, I believe he's talking about the eternal life, where face to face we'll see us, each other clearly. And uh, we're in every sense having faith one another and loving one another in spite of our faults. But in heaven, ladies and gentlemen, our love will be perfected. We will totally understand each other. There'll be no misunderstanding. I will finally understand Brother Price, amen? <laughs> and he'll understand me. No, I love this man. And we all love each other at Bible Baptist Church, and that takes faith to do that. Love believes. But let's have hope that love continues. And that we'll have that same love perfected in the future. Why not continue even now? And loving God is worth it. Loving people is worth it. Why? Because our relationship of love will ever be more perfected in love, in heaven. And if this love continues in heaven, then why not let it continue down here? His love is available. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's not found, uh, uh, it's not that, uh, 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 it's not that it's not found in the Word of God, but we forget it. It's right in, right in front of us. And that we could truly have the fruit of the Spirit called love. And this means that we could love others when they have disappointed or hurt us or just betrayed us. And, and that we have, when they have deserted us. And His love can continue through our lives. And I hope you will let Him today. Why settle to have hurt, bitterness, and hatred when you could have a love of Christ that covers all things? And I thank you. And, you know, as a pastor of the English department... I thank you that you love me. I've made my share of mistakes. I've made my share of uh, uh, shortcomings in my life as a pastor. And there are many things I've regretted that I shouldn't have done. Now, in every sense, not big, but just talk here or there, speech here or there. And, and even this past week, I thought to myself, I should have said that better. I should have said that better as a pastor. And I shouldn't joke around like that. I might have hurt somebody. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of gives me that reminder all the time. But also, Holy Spirit gives me another reminder. Despite of all that, the congregation of Bible Baptist Church still loves me. I know you have a long list, I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But also, I thank God that I could love you too. And our love could continue and continue and continue into everlasting life. Number three, love gives. Love gives. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. A preacher said it very plainly and clearly, love of God is an aggressor. What, do you mean, what does he mean by that? Well, meaning the love of God is a seeker and the giver, not the recipient. You see, Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's say that together. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He sought out the lost. He was the aggressor. You see, God's love does not wait to be loved. Let me say that again. God's love does not wait to be loved. God's love 
is the aggressor. God's love does not react, but it acts. You see, there are three types of love in the Greek. And if you look at this slide with me, number one, eros. And the example in the English language, erotic. It's a sensual and a physical kind of love. Secondly, we have phileo. I mean, the city of Philadelphia. We get that word from phileo. City of brotherly love. So we have that word, eros, and we have another word, phileo, in the Greek. Now, phileo is found in the scripture. You'll see that if you look in the Greek. But number three, we have another word called agape. And whose love is this? God's love. It's an unconditional love that seeks not to receive, but to what? The love of God is an aggressor. Love of God seeks to give. It doesn't seek to receive. That's what the love of God is. Now, some of them might say, I don't want to love because no one loves me. Now, I feel compassionate for that person, but that person does not know the love of God. That's not the love of God. Love of God doesn't say, no one loves me, so I don't love anybody. That's not God's love. God's love, even though no one loves me, I still love. That's God's love. Jesus Christ said when he was hanging on that cross, forgive them, for they know now what they do. Did Jesus Christ still love those people who sped up on him, mocked him, and crucified him? Did he still love them, yes or no? See, that's God's love. Jesus Christ never sought to receive. Jesus Christ sought to give. It's better to give than to receive. You see, that's God's love. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Christianity in its purest description. Love of God that gives and gives and gives and gives even when they don't get anything in return. We need to practice this in our marriage. A husband might say or a wife might say, I just don't love him anymore. I just don't love her anymore. Maybe you never did. What do you mean? Well, you might have eros. You might have had a sensual, physical love. You might have phileo. You might have had a social, brotherly love where you like to do things together. Oh, that person gives to me. I give that person back. That kind of love. But you never had the love of God. Because the love of God never fades. You might say, preacher, I give up. If I don't have the love of God, why even go on? Well, I'm sharing with you so that you could go on. It's never too late to have the love of Christ. It's always available, like I said. Now you could love your husband. Not eros, not phileo, but agape. God's love. God's love. You give and you give and you give. And I feel, I, I feel for you, and sometimes you never get anything back. Never get anything back. I told you before, and talked about my boy a few weeks ago, and, and uh, you know, in the dark, I was letting him know because he got in trouble that day. I said, hey, Je- Josiah, I want you to know I love you. You know, uh, I, f- I feel bad when I get frustrated sometimes, and, 
he was looking out the window, and uh, I thought that he was listening to me, and uh, he held my hand, and I realized he gave me a booger. <laughs> he was picking in the nose when I was sharing my heart with him. And many times you try to reach out to people, and you give, and you give, and then you get a booger. <laughs> it happens to you, right? It happens to all of us. That's what God's love is. That's what the world needs to see. That's what your neighbor needs to see. That's what your employer needs to see. That's what your unbelieving husband needs to see. That's what your unbelieving wife needs to see. They need to see the love of Christ. Do you give? Do you give? Love believes. Love continues. Love gives.